and welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me, as always, is Court Winsett. Guten Tag. And Cameron Spann. Hello, hello. It's a new year, y'all. Is it? Yeah. Wow, man, that is crazy. The we're, last year has gone by, or went by, I guess I should say, so fast. We are we in said that in the last episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's, it's a true. theme that is worthy of repeating. It sure is. Man, did this year fly by that 2024. year. 2024. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Okay, so this is an episode that uh, Court's going to do a lot of uh, talking, or Cam and I are just going to continue to roast Court on this one. <laughs> it's the milestone of turning 50. Uh-huh. Okay. Court's 21, right? Yeah, totally. 100%. I am... At, in his heart and mind, yes, I'm he's 21. 21 years old. No, um, you you had a milestone last year of turning 50. Indeed. On our birthday. Yeah, yeah. I turned 50. And, uh, you know, I, I was afraid that things were just going to get worse, that my body was going to start falling apart worse. But it's I, I can't say that I was afraid it was going to start falling apart because it had already been falling apart. Basically, from the time I turned 40 on, it's my vision's gotten worse. Joints are hurting. Everything's bad. So 50 was like it was it, it was not even a, a big deal physically, at least. I mean, he's sitting there talking about this. And like I saw last week, like Martha Stewart posting a thirst trap, 80 two years old and she's like wearing a little nightgown I and saw she, that yeah I didn't salty minx she yeah so I My mean word. you know she's not falling apart she's you know bouncing back well, well when I turned 35 I absolutely fell apart so yeah. you're doing great court I haven't probably treated my body as well as Martha treated hers and like your body's honest. a temple and you know what you put in. <laughs> yeah and I offer it alcohol sacrifices <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's start our list. Actors who became famous later in life. You want to start it off? I'll kick it off because uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Can I say the F-bomb in honor of Samuel L. Jackson? Sure, I'll beep it away. <laughs> <laughs> There's one. <laughs> beep. Can you read these little bullet points and drop an F-bomb every now and then and I'll beep it out? <laughs> okay, I'll try. After a mother series of mother smaller roles in films like coming to america and do the right thing <laughs> he got his breakthrough in spike lee's jungle fever at the age of mother 42 years old bravo <laughs> then he reached an even bigger audience at the age of 45 with the role of jules winfield in quentin tarantino's pulp Pop. fiction and i think that's really where he put the polish on his use of the phrase mother <laughs> He uses it a lot. I don't remember him in Coming to America. I'm going to have to go and find him. When my daughter listens to this now, she's going to be like, what do these beeps mean, <laughs> what are Daddy? Beeps? Daddy? Sorry, Stella, Maybe turn this off. Maybe don't let her listen to this one. All right. Next actor who became famous later in life would be Alan Rickman, mm-hmm. also Professor Snape. The late, great Alan Rickman landed his first cinnamon ro- Cinnamon. <laughs> his, oh, boy. His first cinema role in one of the greatest action films ever made, Court. Die Hard. As the villainous Hans Gruber. He was 42 years old at the time and went on to have roles in the Harry Potter franchise, like I mentioned, Snape, and films including Love Actually. Lots of Christmas movies. Die Hard, Love Actually. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's one Harry Potter movie they try and make Christmas because of the, like one Christmas scene in it. I don't know. Okay, I get the next one. <laughs> Betty White. Oh, Love Betty, Betty White. White. Yeah, she uh, did. 
Rude. I mean, she, that was Alan Rickman. She is still alive in spirit. Yeah. She was 51 when she started appearing on the Mary Tyler Moore show, 63 when she started as Rose on the Golden Girls, and 88 when she joined the cast of Hot in Cleveland. And she almost made it to 100. Yeah. So she almost made it to double 50. She was just months away from celebrating her 100th birthday when she passed away, unfortunately. And she's a great icon now. Everyone loves her. Okay, so I guess it's me next, which I guess this is fitting. I mean, I have a little bit of a bone to pick with this particular selection, but it's suitable that uh, I was given this person because it's Melissa McCarthy. And I say she got famous from Gilmore Girls. And what was her character's name on Gilmore Girls? Osuke. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're saying it like True Blood, where Bill's like, Suki, Suki. <laughs> uh, no, she she played Suki on Gilmore Girls. But this little bullet point is suggesting that that was not when she got famous. She started Gilmore Girls when she was 30. So that would definitely not be terribly later in life. Um, but this is saying that she didn't really get famous until she was in Bridesmaids, which, of course, was a hilarious role. And that tracks but... for me because I've never watched Gilmore Girls. Mm. So to me, it's like, who's this new person on the scene? Yeah. I think that's when she pivoted. Because it's like, or when she was Suki, like she was just a wholesome okay. little person. Yeah. And then when she did Bridesmaids, it totally shifted her whole career yeah. into like comedy, goofy. Comedy, so forth. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she was in Mike and Molly. She played Molly in Mike and Molly, which was a, another TV show after Gilmore Girls. And she was like 40 when she started that. And that was a comedy. But the the comedy that she does in Bridesmaids, I guess if, if you know her as foul-mouthed and sort of obnoxious. She didn't really develop that until, uh, according to this, 41. Yeah. Next on the list is maybe one of the more famous individuals on this list. That would be the Morgan Freeman. Uh, Morgan Freeman starred in numerous successful stage productions and children's television series before his big break came with Street Smart. I've never heard of that. Mm. For which he earned an Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actor. But he's been in so many different films. I grew up on the film Driving Miss Daisy. My parents had that on VHS. That was my first experience of Morgan Freeman being the driver. Right. But he's been in Shawshank Redemption and so many movies now. And his voice is very much recognizable. He's basically known as America's narrator. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like everybody says, or at least if you don't say it, you're wrong. Uh, Everybody says that they want their their life narrated by Morgan Freeman. And it's important for me to say this. He was 50 years old at the time. And two years later, aged 52, he got an Oscar nod for Driving Miss Daisy. So it was later in life. Yeah. For him, yes, definitely. Okay. Then we've got Viola Davis. Uh, She is now considered one of the greatest actors in Hollywood, but her big break didn't come until she was 43 when she got her Oscar nomination for her role in Doubt. Since her 40s, she has been in How to Get Away with Murder, Fences, The Help, Black Bottom. She is very recognizable as well. I didn't realize it was late, but it's kind of one of those that you think about it. Some of these people, it just takes time to get to stardom. Yep. So you're saying it's not too late for me to not, get into the movies. Not too late. Right back around to me, Brian Cranston. Ooh, you get a good one. Yeah, he but, gave me COVID. Uh, okay, so prior to playing the <laughs> I'm teacher, serious. you're smooching Heisenberg in New Orleans. I had a I have a picture of me and my friend hugging him in New Orleans in 2020 before COVID was a thing. And then it came out like we both got back and were sick. Nobody really said it was COVID because it was an international disease at that point. But then a couple months later, he came out with an article. Yeah, I had COVID early on. And I'm like, I how hu- early? I hugged you, how Brian Cranston. You gave early. me COVID. <laughs> okay, so Brian Cranston, uh, of course, everybody knows him for his role as Walter White in, in Breaking Bad. 
But uh, he was also, he had a pretty big role before that that I think a lot of people know him for as well. And that was, of course, the dad in Malcolm in the Middle. Mm-hmm. I actually know him for that. Uh, Me too. My, my, yeah. kids, my kids loved Malcolm in the Middle. So, uh, But even that role he didn't get until he was 44 years old. So definitely a, a, a later start. Uh, and I don't know of anything that he did before that. And wrapping up the list is, I would say, the most famous person on the list would be Lucille Ball. Mm -hmm. That's one that spans all kinds of generations. Uh, Lucille Ball had a handful of minor film and stage roles in the 30s and 40s. That would be 1930s and 40s. But it wasn't until she was 40 years old that she and husband Desi Arnaz created their sitcom, I Love Lucy. Boom. And that show became one of the most watched TV shows. They've been doing the shows about Lucy and Desi and their story Mm -hmm. and all of that with some of her children talking about that. There's other examples. um, So many out there. Harris and Ford, John Hamm, you know, Kathy Bates, Gene Hackman. The list can go on and on of people who really hit it big after, you know, later in life. And I mean, that's Cam, I know you've had experience in the acting world, and so that's pretty common. Yeah, it definitely is. I guess I should probably take the wheel. It's either me or Jesus. <laughs> Jesus uh, take, the wheel. take the wheel. <laughs> but since this is a thing about 50, we are actually going to talk about some some financial stuff uh, as it relates to your age. And we are a financial podcast. <laughs> of 50. Um, but, uh, you know, right off the bat, I'm going to kind of get combative because this says, while age might just be a number, 50 is considered an important milestone for many reasons. And the examples that are given, the reasons that are given as examples are sending kids off to college, which I've already done all of mine. So, uh, you know, and I just turned 50 and my kids are already gone off to college and graduated and so forth. Becoming One's grand- still in. One is still in, but she's almost done. Yeah. Uh, becoming grandparents, which, um, no. <laughs> like, I'm not ready for that action right now. I can tell you. So no. this is kind of skipping you. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not feeling any of these bullets so far. And then paying off the mortgage on a dream home. I only wish that I paid off my mortgage on my dream home by the time I was 50. That would be amazing. And if you're listening to this, that should not necessarily be a goal. Like, you've got to look at your financial picture and decide if paying off your mortgage is what you should be doing. Because if you've got a beautiful interest rate, there is no point for you to be paying extra principal towards that. Put that money working for you another place. But uh, that's again, before you jump to, hey, I'm 50, I want to pay off my house. Come and talk to somebody first. Well, we gonna, have, let's let's crunch those numbers. Sorry, I had to throw that out there. I know, but Katie's you know, talking about OPM over here. We, other people's money. We <laughs> have many times said that we are in mild disagreement with good old Dave, Dave Ramsey, uh, because he would he would have everybody be debt free, and we don't we we think that there, there is a smart way to have some debt, and uh, it's kind of like uh, in the Wizard of Oz. There's good debt and there's bad debt. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, how much money should you have saved by 50? Uh, this will be. You're going to make me sad, aren't you? Uh, man, I think I'm going to make myself sad. Most financial advisors recommend having five to six times your annual salary saved well, by Court, the time you're 50. How you doing? <laughs> that has not happened for me, I can just say. Um Hey, it's important uh, to have goals, right? Yeah. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics indicates the average annual salary in, I guess, in the United States is $61,500. That's the average across across the country. And so that would be, let me see, I don't do the maths. Uh, five to six times 61000 That would be like... $371,400. $371,000. Would be wow. six times, yep. Yeah. 
Well, I'm not going to confirm or deny that 61000 is anywhere near what I make or over what I make or below what I make. Um, but savings Such an wise, attorney. No, no confirmation But savings-wise, I can tell you that I have not saved uh, five to six times whatever it is that I make or maybe even the average U.S. salary, if I'm being honest. But uh, that does mean that uh, between your retirement accounts, your, your savings investments, and your uh, other assets, well, your other liquid assets, yep. you should have access to around $350,000 by the time you're 50 years old. It does doesn't even include your real estate? I mean, no. I'm sorry. I don't have that much. I've been a bad boy. I have been a bad boy. When this episode wraps, Court's just going to be in the crier room. Yeah, I'm going to be so sobbing. Sad. It's not too late, though. No, I mean, I'm <laughs> saving. I'm saving. To be fair, I didn't start in the financial industry until I was... 40. So, I mean, I really became aware of a lot of this stuff at a very late age. I wasn't saving early on. And of course, I, I push my kids and I push everybody, you know, by the time you're do better. <laughs> yeah. Don't do as I did. Do as I say. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, that's so much of it is that I think 50 for a lot of people triggers to them of like, oh, I'm, I'm at 50 now. I need to make sure my savings are taken care of. I need to start thinking about retirement, thinking about these things. And so if maybe you're listening to this and you're approaching 50 or you are past 50 and you're like, hey, I don't have that. That should then trigger in your mind, maybe I need to get a financial partner. Maybe I need to run a financial plan and kind of see what steps can I do. Because obviously the next thing Court's going to talk about is, you know, something that is an advantage for 50-year-olds, but it's a great advantage, but you got to make sure you've got it in your budget. What Katie is referring to <laughs> is the fact that after you turn 50, you're actually allowed to contribute more to your retirement account on an annual basis. Catch up. We're not talking about that condiment on the table. Uh, the average for one... <laughs> She's got to talk to me about ketchup. Yeah. Is this jargon? Oh. I don't know of this. So it's jargon. A ketchup contribution. A yeah. Jargon ketchup. violation. Wow. Oh, that's a throwback. Bringing out an oldie. Explain it to me, Lucy. So, yes, when you turn 50, then you are allowed, if, if you paid attention to any of your retirement accounts, then, or even, you know, any retirement accounts, IRA, 401k, 403b, you know, there's all different kinds of terms out there. Mm -hmm. You've got how much you're allowed to contribute. You sometimes have matches in there, which again, what do we all remember? Maximize the match. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the opportunity of a catch up. And that is if you're 50 or older, and that's an opportunity for, as it sounds, you can catch up. You can add a little bit more because studies have proven you're 50 now. You need to put more dollars to work. And so you're allowed kind of a pass to try and catch up for maybe you didn't get into this 401k until you were 40 or something like that. And so it's an opportunity to add a little bit more. <laughs> Sorry, Corey, like it me, says for older employees, you're not old. <laughs> well, I mean, I am 50. Uh, if you're like me and you're sitting in the corner wanting to curl up in a ball and cry right now, this might make you feel a little bit better, even though you're supposed supposed to, according to something, some website or something that says that you're supposed to have $350,000 if you make $61,000 a year saved up by the time you're 50. According to this little digit, uh, among 50 to 55-year-olds, the average 401k plan has funds that total only 161, so only about half of what you should have saved. So I feel better knowing that uh, there are a lot of people out there between 50 and 55 that are just like me and maybe don't have enough saved up for, for retirement yet. But the reason why I say, like, 
if you're listening to this and you're like, I have not saved a lot, I've now got this opportunity to catch up, get a partner and make sure or at least crunch the numbers and see, can you afford to do this catch up? Because just because you can do a catch up doesn't mean that if you're sitting there up to your eyeballs in credit card debt or you don't have liquid assets saved up, then you maybe don't need to take advantage of the catch up and maybe need to readjust a little bit. But this is a gift that there's the magic number that they've decided is 50 then once you, you know, the clock strikes midnight, you are 50. Ha ha, mm-hmm. I can catch up now. Indeed. Pretty cool, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, That's you know. very, very cool. <laughs> Came's over here like mind blown. I learned a new Ooh. term. And so this catch up does apply to your 401ks. It does apply to your Roth IRAs, your traditional IRAs. And so think about this. This is a great opportunity if you are in a position where maybe you've got a Roth IRA and you... If you've got disposable income and you can put it into a Roth... uh, Tax-free money. Roth, of course, is uh, money that you've already paid taxes on. So you put it in a Roth. And if you've got that disposable income and you can do that, boy, that money is going to grow tax-free. And when you take it out, it's going to be tax-free because you already paid what? Taxes. So, I mean, you know, if you can, if you can do that, that's great. The Bullcast Boys Choir. I mean, what was that, <laughs> y'all? I, we do not practice this. This just happens. I, yeah, I can't explain it. Okay, so how am I supposed to? I'm 50 now. How am I supposed to prioritize my savings having turned 50? Okay, Stop okay. spending. Stop. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Stop. I'm gonna have Get to lay partner. off Chick Fil A because <laughs> that stuff is like. <laughs> crack to me. <laughs> okay, so you've turned 50 now, Court. I have. Step one, mm-hmm. decide your ideal retirement age. Okay, 85. 85. 85. Okay, that gives us a number to work backwards from. <laughs> we need to make sure we're building in healthcare costs because he's going to be working till 85 and, you know, we got to keep him healthy that long until mm. working that long. Well, I mean, if I die before 85, then I guess it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter. I won't need the, the retirement savings because I'll no. be dead. So, you know. The reason, just to elaborate a little bit more, the reason why you want to think about this retirement age is this then helps us give a bullet point of this is our point where we want to try and have saved enough money and then know from that point on, you're able to live off of your contributions that you've saved up. You're able to live off your assets and go into retirement not having to have an income except for what you draw from your investments or maybe if you have a pension or Social Security. So that's why it's important to have a number in mind. And going back to like the financial planning aspect, you may pop in and say, I want to retire at 60 and I'm able to run the numbers and say, well, 60 is not possible. But if we do this, this and this, then maybe you could do 65. So both court, you said 85. OK. Well, ideally, I mean, like if I had a <laughs> if, if, if I had a dream age that I could retire by, it would probably be no later than like 70 or 72. OK. But I don't think that that's realistic for me. I don't think I'll have the savings at 70 or 72. So, I so what? You're 15 years older than me. Yep. And so... Like, to the day, I'm 15 years older than you. So you got to be working alongside me, so you can't go till I'm ready for you to go. So I'll stand by my 85 then. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Court, I'd be honored to push you in your wheelchair around the office. <laughs> I'll be 70, a ripe 70. Fantastic. Professor X going on. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, step two, review your assets and allocations. Okay, so we still haven't gotten to the actual saving part. No. We're still just planning so for saving So right this now. is really taking a good look and saying, okay, 
where is your money right now? Is it in cash? Is it in bonds, stocks? It's pretty much in Chick-fil-A. It goes in my mouth. (laughs) In gift cards. (laughs) Um, How do you have your money allocated? Because that's going to then help us to know, do we have cash that we can move to investments to get a better return? Do we have, you know, liabilities? What are we looking at here? Mm -hmm. And again, it's looking at the good debt and the bad debt. Okay, so so we've got an understanding. We got eighty five in our minds. Now to step three, do the ketchup math? <laughs> we got ketchup math, like girl math and boy math, and now we got ketchup math. Tracks. <laughs> God, tracks. I was told. Sorry, I have to side note on that. My brother said that the other day, and I was so shocked by it because I thought it was super trendy. And he said that's not trendy. That's been around for a long time. Gen Z's bringing it back. Okay, so well, he's got it from the old side. So does the catch-up math on your retirement savings? So you've got to do this and figure out, does it work? Does it not? Um, because just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. I feel like that's across that's, the board. A lot of people. That's always true. If you're getting nothing from this episode, just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> <laughs> just, that's the bullseye. <laughs> just think, what would Bullcast do? All what right. advice would we tell people to do? Maybe that's the better one. So you actually you crunch. So figure the, out what you need to retire. Yeah. What what number do you need to be at to be able to retire? That's what the, she means by catch up math. What number do yeah. you need to be at to be able to retire at the age you want to retire? We're going to basically say, okay, how much do you need to live off of every year after you retire? What yeah. what do you think you're going to spend every year after you retire? And then we we lay that out, figure out what the what the present value of that will be at the date of your retirement mm-hmm. so that you'll have enough to live off of until you die. And we usually plan for people to live until they're 92. 95 to 100 is wow. for a lot of people. Okay, I'm yeah. not going to make it that long. <laughs> so we, we'll plan for me at like, say, 90. Yeah. But yeah, um, if you do a plan, then I'm going to give you the magic number. This is how much you need to have saved up by this point. To be able to live this long. To live. And then, you know, taking into equation those assets that are able to still build and grow and only pull out what you need right. during those years of retirement. Retirement. Okay. Then we actually get to the part where I have to start saving. So I need to develop some healthy spending habits, mm-hmm. determine how much I need by the time I'm 72. Uh, actually, if, if I've got to wait until you're 70, then I'll be 85. So we'll <laughs> stick with 85. Figure out how much I need to be able to retire at 85. And then I have my goal and I know how much I need to be putting away to get to that number. And keep in mind that when you're putting money away, if you invest it right, you know, it's potentially going to grow. The biggest thing I talk to a lot of people about is just having awareness. Like if you are fortunate where you've got plenty of funds coming in to pay your bills and you're not having to micromanage budget, then you just need to have an understanding of what money's coming in, what money's coming out before you get to retirement. Because the retirement years are kind of the chaos years of that first part as you're trying to figure out what are you going to do? Are you going to fail at retirement and actually go back to work? Yeah. Are you going to, 100%. are you going to, you know, volunteer and end up giving more money back because you're now volunteering and you want to give time and money? If I'm still living in Memphis, I'll be one of those ushers at the Orpheum. A photo volunteer? Um, Friends but, of the Orpheum? Or if I'm not in Memphis when I retire, like if my kids are still living uh, up in the Northeast, I'll go usher at a Broadway show or something. Okay. I don't know. That'll be awesome. That's where we can find you. Although they're unionized up there and it's not exactly a volunteer job. They're actually hard to come by. But anyway. um, So figuring out your spending habits helps you to address, you know, say you've got an opportunity to catch up, then what can you actually afford to put into it? That if you know your goal is you want to try and save X amount each year, but you can't afford it right now, then it rolls into the next one. Look for those hidden savings. 
And one of the great things, you know, we're at the first of the year. Credit cards have gotten so great about helping you track, like, where all your money went. Mm -hmm. And so if you're taking advantage of credit cards, getting the perks and points, and also saving yourself from, like, fraud, then you're going to have a great report that you can pull from last year of this is where all my money went. And you can say, okay, maybe I went to Chick-fil-A too much this year. Maybe if I drop a couple of those down, that will equate to what I need to do to catch up for my retirement. Yeah, if I asked my credit card company if, uh, <laughs> if I went to Chick-fil-A too much, it would probably explode just trying to answer that question because it would be like, I, I, nobody's ever been as much as you have. Well, the credit card companies aren't like AI. We can't. I mean, I don't know. I can't say anything. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can just ask them, hello, credit card company, how much <laughs> money did I spend on X? You can, you know, run a report and do a search or you can call us and we can do a cash flow analysis for you. Uh, why would you even pitch that? You I know, hate doing I cash do analyses. <laughs> I did one on myself recently, and that was the hardest one I've ever done. That was really hard looking at, um, oh, because I was rationalizing while I was doing it. Mm. It's like, well, that actually was for a party, or that was somebody mm -hmm. was in town and I was hosting them, and da 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You throw a lot of parties and you host a lot of people from out of town. So, I mean, I don't know that you can use that to rationalize your spending. I think you're going to have to build that into your budget. It's in my budget. You need to it's have happening. a party budget. Hey, but this is about you, Mr. 50. Uh-uh, not anymore, because guess what? I think we're about ready to wrap. I think we are about done. Cork. I have a bullseye. Okay. What is your bullseye, Cameron? Um, if you're in court's position or you're 50 and you feel like, oh, I haven't saved up enough, yes, it's smarter to save when you're younger, but it's not too late. And nope. I say that, it is easy to say on my, on my side of the line here. But I have people in my life. <laughs> yeah, the young younger, I know. The younger side. <laughs> yeah. But I have people in my life who got to that point. They were in their 50s or 60s. They're like, oh, I didn't save enough. So it's not, you know, it's not worth it. Forget it. I'm not even going to try anymore. But that's not the case. It's never too late. It's never too late. Nope. I mean, it's better to have some than none. You know, it's better to have some savings than to basically like be hopeless and say, well, I guess I'm going to have to work until I die. Right. Yep. I mean, I've had somebody come in and say, I already put in my notice. I'm retiring. I realize I probably should have talked to you before I did this, but <laughs> what do I need to do? And I'm like, okay, let's figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> we can always figure it out. Mm -hmm. I would say on mine and Cam's side of us being... Not to 50 so yet. So much younger. Just so. <laughs> <laughs> we need to look ahead and, you know, because before we know it, we're going to be in his shoes. Yeah, and I'm going to laugh. But then you'll be I'm 65. laugh and laugh. But you'll, you'll laugh at us in your nursing home. <laughs> but you'll be 65 when we're 50. That's fine. It doesn't matter. 65 isn't like, I mean, 65 is the new... 30, apparently. If Martha Stewart is posing in, in at nightgowns at 82, I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to be sexy at 65, but I'm not going to be worried about it either. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, my bullseye is obviously it's just have a plan. Um, really consider different milestones like turning 50 of ways for you to think, hey, where am I? Am I on track for retirement? If I'm not, this is a great time to try and readjust and make sure you're on the right path. So come and talk to a financial partner. Bullseye. Bullseye. And uh, of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already uh, and you are 50, you are now in the latter stages of your life, at least the latter half of your life, probably. For 99% of the population, you can say, I've lived at least half as long as I'm going to. 
it might be a good time to start thinking about something that we haven't even mentioned yet, but I'm going to do a cheap shot and throw it in as a bullseye. Estate planning. <laughs> oh, he put his lawyer hat Make on. Make sure you get your affairs in order because you're not getting any younger. That's my bullseye. <laughs> Oh, ladies and gentlemen, there's the closing bell. You've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have our podcast beam directly to your listening device every single Thursday at noon. If you'd like to find out more about Court, Katie, or Cameron, or Nicole, go to our website. That's bullcastpodcast.com. You can leave a comment. You can su- suggest a topic you'd like to hear us talk about. I think we've even got some pictures of us up on that site. Our website just got a facelift. Dang, check that out. I was not sure. I didn't want to say anything, but hey. Uh, so check out bullcastpodcast.com. Also, if you like pictures, we do have an Instagram handle. At Bullcast Podcast. We also have an X handle that's also at Bullcast Podcast. And we have a Facebook page that is Bullcast The Podcast. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, Cameron, Katie, and Court all work for a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. And if you'd like to find out more about what we do, what we could potentially do for you, find out about our amazing team and find out about our boss, David Pickler, please feel free to go to that website. That website is picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with a no. Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, we've given you a lot to think about. Are you 50? Are you over 50? (laughs) Are you under 50? Not even close. Okay. (laughs) Well, for now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. I'm Cam. And we're done. <laughs>